Hello, Tim. How's it going? Nice to see you. <laughs> Very funny, man. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, you don't what? need an AR-15 to bring down a deer. Can you hear that? I can hear that. Yeah. You Let don't need an again. AR-15. You don't need an AR-15 to bring down a deer. How's the volume on that? Very good. Yeah. Yeah. That pisses me off. I'm not going to lie. Is that a government ad? No, that's Trudeau at a press conference. Um, okay. Why, why he's banning these guns. Yeah. So yeah. Let's get right into it then. So I definitely have, let's call it a more layman's perspective on this. Obviously I'm against yeah. the government banning guns, generally speaking. Right. I think there is some degree of, uh, weaponry that should be banned let's say nuclear weapons probably and you know so we might disagree there but i think i mean what is most alarming to me is how this seems to have been done completely undemocratically it seems to have been rushed through it also seems like it's a yes it's in response let's say to the shooting in nova scotia but it's also everyone's talking about covid the public's distracted let's just get this through but tell me, you know, there's a few people on my Facebook very mad about this. So tell me a bit more of your perspective um, and what this, this gun ban actually is and means. Right. Well, I wrote an article last night explaining why uh, people who don't own guns, you know, like me, ought to oppose this ban um, on principle. Uh, even if you're not a libertarian, even if you don't share my views, um, there, there are good reasons to oppose it. The first one is that it was, it was uh, done undemocratically. Mm -hmm. So this was done by uh, an order in council, which is basically uh, <laughs> the governor general issuing an order to ban these specific 1500 uh, models of, of rifles. And, um, you know, here we are, we're supposed to live in a modern democracy, yet uh, the governor general, the, the, the uh, representative of Queen Elizabeth is uh, issuing this order. That seems kind of weird. And it raises all sorts of interesting questions for me. Like what would happen if the governor general was, I don't know, unavailable or refused to sign, right? She's mm. an astronaut or she was an astronaut. What if she decided to go up into space for a, for a little sojourn and yeah. uh, Trudeau wanted to get this executive order in place how would he do that i don't think that they'd have a way to do that without the monarch right now uh mm. certainly without the monarchy they'd find another way to have executive order but i just find it a little bit ironic and the other thing that's ironic about it it raises issues like okay why are we even swearing allegiance why are mps swearing allegiance to the royal family and the queen rather than to uh the constitution or to protect Dude. the rights of the people or do you have a point of reference or do you know how often it's done that the governor general signed something? Cause I've never really heard of it. Right. You hear of executive orders in the U S yeah. which this is essentially it's that, but I didn't think we could even do that in Canada. That was just my like ignorant assumption. Yeah. Well, this type of order and council isn't done all that often. I mean, it was done, I think by the conservative government uh, about a decade ago to keep, uh, uh, what's his name omar cotter's brother out of canada um they they used, issued an order in council it turned out to be against the law that order in council the supreme mm -hmm. court overturned it but by the time they overturned it the, the conservatives had adjusted the law making it legal what, what they did legal so then they issued another mm -hmm. one and that one was upheld okay. um and then before that it was i know it was used um i think during world war one or world war two to intern a bunch of um, 
like 8,000 people or something like that in Canada. Okay. Uh, so that so was, yeah. So, very so it, infrequent it, and never particularly well put to use, let's say. Right, right. And so now here we, and, and so this ought to trouble us, right? Uh, that it's, it's used so quickly in such a knee-jerk way, in a way that we didn't see coming, right? It was, it was an opportunistic move, uh, you know, mm. springboarding off the Nova Scotia shooter, which I think is a reprehensible move. Um, you know, we can talk more about that. But to, but, but to use this type of executive power right now, when everyone's on lockdown, no one can protest this. Uh, I, know, I know a guy near, in a nearby community who tried to organize a protest in, um, in Edmonton. And I'm told there was going to be over 2,000 people attend this. But at the last minute, the sheriffs called this guy up and said, listen, if this goes ahead, we're going to issue every single protester there a $5,000 fine. And we're going to issue you a $500,000 fine. Um, so right. obviously so they, this gets you, like, oh, shit, okay. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get him on the show but, and, and speak yeah. more about this. I might, I might not have all the details correct. This is information I heard third hand. So, yeah. you know, but, but still, the, the point it stands that Canadians can't even properly protest this right now right. because of the lockdown. So, so they're using this this executive power in the most egregious way. And, and just imagine, um, you know, even if you disagree, if you favor gun control, just imagine this power, this type of power being used by your ideological enemies to right. ban something you don't like. Um, it, it's completely, you know, yeah. So, so that's one reason why, why you ought to oppose it. Another reason is that it's, that it's arbitrary. You know, it, it's based on whim and subjectivity let's say there, there's no basis in justice or no principle of justice that you can refer to here or, or technical specifications to say why these guns ought to be banned or, right. you know, so there, there, I should clarify that there are two technical specifications that at least have some, you know, some plausibility or some logic behind them. One is a ten, all guns that ha, can fire projectiles that have over 10,000 joules of energy, are banned. So like high power, there, there's, I think the unintended consequence of that was that there's a Weatherby hunting rifle, a popular high power rifle that hunters use that will take down big game cleanly with one shot mm-hmm. that is now banned. So that's unfortunate. So now they're going to have to use a less powerful rifle that might not kill as cleanly, might wound and cause suffering. Um, then, then we have 20 millimeter, any, any gun with a barrel of 20 millimeters or greater is banned. Now, there are some shotguns, 12 gauge and 10 gauge shotguns that have barrels bigger than that because what happens is they screw in a choke at the end um, and they use that for uh, hunting game, right? It, it, narrow, it actually narrows the barrel at the end, I think, or, or does something to, I think, mm-hmm. uh, adjust the, the spread pattern on the, uh, on the shot so that it's more accurate when, when shooting, uh, birds. Um, so, so now all these guns are un- illegal and Bill Blair, uh, either doesn't know his own regulation or know anything about guns. He says, no, the intention here isn't to ban shotguns. Shotguns are still legal while well, your regulation says otherwise, Bill. Right. Uh, and, and so what are you going to do about that? Uh, but the, most of the guns are banned because they essentially look like an AR-15 or, or they have, you know, some cosmetic appearance that looks scary to the liberals. 
Right. Okay, so uh, they they didn't ban semi-automatic guns. You can still buy semi-automatic guns. They didn't buy ban five-round magazines. You can still get guns with five-round magazines. Uh, they didn't ban centerfire carbines. Those are still legal. Um, they just banned these specific types of those. So you can still get an AR, a gun that is capable of doing all the things an AR-15 is capable of. You just can't get one that looks like an AR-15. Right. So so this and, and what. This sounds like a good analogy for the progressive approach to many things. They just need it to look pretty. They don't actually care about the substance of it. Right, right. Well, I mean, it's it's. I'm I'm getting pictures of Joan Rivers at a, at the red carpet and all these guns walking down, and Joan Rivers giving him the thumbs up or thumbs down depending how they wore it. You know, right? Oh, that's scary. That's terrible. No, get get out of here. You're gone, kind right. of thing, right? And that's kind of what it is. So so the liberals, you know, they, they have no. There's no principles behind this gun ban other than these are guns. Uh, these look like a gun that has a lot of notoriety that's been used in some mass shootings um, in the States. It's never been used by the way in a mass shooting in Canada, the AR 15. Mm. So, uh, well, although we, we don't know yet about the Nova Scotia shooter, what kind of guns he used. All we know is that uh, almost all of them were illegally obtained from the U S mm. uh, the next reason you should oppose the gun ban is, is that it's cruel. Okay, it's just cruel to people that own these guns. And the rhetoric that Trudeau used. You don't need an AR-15 to bring down a deer. Okay, that that evokes this image of these hunters or, or, or these gun owners that are saying, you know, I've got my military weapon here. I, I use it for hunting, but really I'm just like a militia dude who, you know. Right has like a hard on for uh, violence and, you know, he's painting this image of, of these gun owners. Now I have had uh, all my kids uh, learn to shoot by gun instructors. And usually they use uh, an AR 15 platform. And there's a good reason for that. It's a good, good gun to learn on because it's semi-automatic. So you don't have to load a bullet every time and use the bolt. And, you know, so you can target downrange, you can shoot, and you can keep your eyes on the site and see how you missed and how you need to adjust mm-hmm. and you can shoot again. And, and it, so it allows for uh, reps to be done quicker than a bolt action. So you get to learn how to sight the gun and target it. And now all these instructors and owners of these guns were super competent. They drilled into my kids the importance of safety. Um, they, they were highly competent, highly responsible people. And, you know, and, and by the way, all gun owners uh, that I've met are kind of of this caliber. Okay. They mm-hmm. pun intended, I guess, um, <laughs> you know, they, they, first of all, even to, to get a gun license in Canada, you need to pass an in-depth security clearance by the RCMP. This is just, isn't just your average criminal records check. I mean, they actually interview people that might know you. They look at your, your social media history. Like they, they do a pretty in-depth thing. It takes a while. Uh, you have to take a firearms co- training course. If you're married, you have to get permission from your spouse uh, mm-hmm. to even get a license. Now, once you have a license, your name is run through the RCMP, uh, the CPIC. I can't remember what it stands for, but it's basically a big central database the police have on all criminals and gun owners. Um, and they run gun owners that uh through this thing every 24 hours is my understanding to see if they've committed a crime 
in the past 24 hours. And if they have, then that's flagged and something is done about that, right? So they're highly scrutinized by law enforcement constantly, constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is more than sexual predators that have been released or murderers that have been released from prison get, okay? More scrutiny than they get from mm-hmm. law enforcement. So now you add on top of that Trudeau talking this way about them, such a condescending little shit uh you know the, the i mean it's cruel the, these people are hobbyists they're sportsmen some of them are farmers i mean an ar-15 is a nice you i mean trudeau's right in one sense you can't use one of these guns uh to to drop a deer because it's not powerful enough that's why it's, you're not allowed to use them on deer and why no one would use them to hunt deer with they're not powerful enough to hunt deer they don't they won't kill a deer cleanly and so no one uses the excuse oh i need this for hunting to have their AR-15. They're like, this is my sport. This is my hobby. I it's, keep it in a gun safe. And when I want to go out and play and have some fun, I go to the range and I shoot and I compete. And I, you, you know, so Trudeau has just wiped out all these tactical uh, sporting men events that these guns are used for. And he's basically painted these people as a bunch of redneck militiamen who uh, have a hard on for violence and, um, and now we're seeing all this hate being poured out online. You don't need that. Why do you need that gun? Like, well, no, Karen, you don't need those pearls that you're clutching. You know, you know how many oysters had to die so you could clutch those pearls? You know, no one needs your opinion. I mean, but by, by that logic, no one needs any freedom. I mean, we might as well live in a North Korean uh, concentration camp. I mean, you're getting four squares a meal. What more do you need, Karen? Like, What's well, interesting that the idea of not needing guns comes up when the government says well we don't need most right. things anyways right we're all locked down in our house you don't need to go buy books you know <laughs> right. you don't need right. to go buy video games you can just live in your house and and we'll make sure that what you need is available to you so i mean right. we see how massively people just accept that about everything and guns are you know let's call yes. it fringe so it makes sense that they yeah. accept you know the doctrine yeah, you don't need to smoke cannabis. And, and, you know, the fourth thing that you don't need to do is use gun violence to, right. to impose your opinion, right? And this, is, this ban is institutionalizing gun violence because in order to enforce any laws or enforce any bans, you have to threaten people with guns, right? And so it's, it's ironic to me that the people that are so concerned about gun violence are demanding gun violence. And they're demanding gun violence but for by the same guns that they want banned they're like we want you to police we want you to use the that ar-15 to uh to and point it at that stormtrooper over there with a plastic blaster because you know we're scared of that person or you know we need you to take that ar-15 you have and and make sure no one else has any ar-15s and shoot them if they resist um that's what they're asking for so it's a bit ironic to me and and you know, here's the thing, like, I don't own any guns because like when I go to the gun range with my friends or instructors that have AR-15s or these other guns, I'm, I see the amount of education they have and competence they have and care and diligence and conscientiousness, and responsibility. And I just don't feel like I'm ready to take that on. Like, right. I, I don't, I, I, I don't feel like I can commit the time to be proficient at it that I'm going to use it enough that, but you know, 
but these people that are banning these things, at, le- at least I expose myself to these things, right? And I expose mm-hmm. my kids to them and I get them. Because one of the reasons I, I want to expose my kids to this is I want them to have respect for these weapons, all right? I want them to mm-hmm. respect these guns because we're at, every time we ask the government to do something, we're asking the government to use these guns, this thing that you're feeling, all that force, and you're seeing that lead go down range, and you're seeing the impact it has and the damage it can do. You're asking government to use that on a regular basis. And I think you need to be aware of, like, you should at least be aware that government uses these things and understand the power of them and, and, and you know, how they can be used for evil. And before you ask government to use them in an evil way like this, I mean, the role of government, as you know, David, is to protect people and their property. And here we have the government becoming the very monster it's supposed to protect us from. It's becoming mm. someone who uses force, uses guns to steal our property in this case, uh, guns that are being used peacefully for a hobby or sport. Yeah. So three things come to mind generally, like the one thing you didn't highlight, which I think is pretty obvious is that, I mean, it's also a kind of cliche talking point is that the criminals don't care about the laws, right? Right. So it's not like they can't still get guns. So it doesn't like, there's this idea that yeah the, yeah no and let laws, me pause you there I'm yeah. I'm fired up about this this is a, this is a great point I was thinking about this with regards to the the Nova Scotia shooter as well okay he got all these guns from the state so so people that want to get these guns and use them for evil purposes they're going to be able to get them they'll they'll just import it from the states there's thousands or smuggle them in okay meanwhile you know I was reading this heartbreaking post from someone in Nova Scotia Nova Scotia. Um, who was talking about what it was like the night of that shooting and how they're hearing these warnings at 1am and 2am that this guy's out on the loose. And, and she was like, who's got a gun? Like, does anyone have a gun? Like, how are we going to protect ourselves? No one had a damn gun there. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, the cops are shooting up a fire station, shooting up an unarmed, innocent man. Um, Did you read this story? I didn't read the full story. Yeah, no. The, I mean, they, they basically stopped at a fire station. There was another RCMP cruiser there, and they saw a guy in a yellow vest or something like that, and they thought he was a shooter, and they started shooting him and caused firefighters. So cops are firing. Meanwhile, the people that actually need guns, they can't get them. They don't have them. They could have maybe protected themselves from this guy. And so, uh, yeah, that's another reason why this is just like right, and- adds insult to injury. Here are these people like going around does anyone have a gun like how are we going to protect ourselves please someone have a gun there's a madman out there on the loose no one has a gun cops are nowhere to be found like the panic that they're in and now you're going to use that political opportunism to say that no you shall never have a gun that could be actually useful to defend yourself from a madman like this right well it's a distillation of the whole idea that well government protects us we don't need to protect ourselves we don't need to think about this stuff for ourselves but the whole thing is, no, you would want to be able to protect yourself when you need it, right? And that's what you would want access to a gun for. But there's this idea that the government is omnipotent. They can fix all of the problems. If there's ever someone who's you know, coming after you, don't worry, the government will handle it. But I mean, that's just not the case. But you know, this brings me to one of the... So you, know, you brought up these four points, and I put them in two categories, basically. Point one, two, and four our principles and how these principles are not at play, right? Like, or yeah. these principles don't make sense, right? And I think, you know, we've talked recently about how people do not think in principle, right? They can't, they don't think, they don't think that when government does something, they're using gun violence. They don't think that, oh, well, 
this is an arbitrary thing. They just made, pulled the list out of their butt. I saw that a website got banned because it had the name of a gun in it. Um, it was on their list of 1,500 things that got banned. And your first point um, yeah, was sorry, that Just to was, correct you, that, that, there is a website called AR15.com, but there's also uh, an AR15.com lower that is banned. So, you know, I saw that uh, people talking about an airsoft okay. gun being banned, named yeah. Blackwater, whatever. And, uh, uh, you know, there's a black and, and there's also a black rifle coffee company and it looked like they, they banned that. But actually each one of these is uh, an actual legitimate uh, either AR-15 or lower as well uh, okay. as a, a coffee company, a website and a, and a airsoft bb gun uh so so you know i, I was going to make a post about that today because i see a lot of people going out about how stupid these liberals are okay let's it, it makes us look stupid by propagating these things without yeah, that's um, fair. checking them so i just wanted to clarify that and let's not let's never underestimate our enemy here okay Th- these people are not stupid they are arrogant they are uh, cruel, they are unwise, they are unprincipled, but they are not stupid, and we need to recognize that if we're going to win. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and yeah, I, I should. Good thing I didn't click and share that on Facebook without. Looking yeah, into I, it. and by the but, way, the reason I know this is because I shared the the meme about the BB gun being banned, right? And uh, I got quickly corrected by some other people. So thank you, those people who corrected me, and it's a lesson to me to just do some cursory research before I just assume something. But so that the other principle is that this was undemocratic. And so like three of your four points are that like, this doesn't follow any principles, but I think people don't care about principles right now. It's pretty obvious to me. So it's hard to make the, like, I mean, I, they're, they're all valid arguments, but what, like we've talked about, people don't have the epistemology. People don't know how to think about issues at all. And then this, you know, the other point, your point number three was that this is cruel to gun owners. And I think that is, you know, the gun owners are la- like are laughed at, dismissed if they're thought of at all, which is why people care even less about the principles. And so right. it's interesting. Yeah, um, and, and actually, yeah, now that you mentioned that, I think that that's probably the most powerful point to the lay audience is number three about it being cruel. Like when you hear the story about how competent and nice and caring and and like just decent stand up people these are that that <laughs> more more people are receptive to that idea than they are a violating principle which is sad to say to be honest but anyways yeah it's sad and unfortunate but i actually think i mean i'm not convinced that that would be true right so my my point is that people don't care about these people and they'll just be like so on my Facebook feed, I have a few people who've been like vet- posting a lot against the gun ban and only one person posting basically, let's say, in favor of it, but everyone else just doesn't give a shit, right? So people don't care about guns largely, but the one guy who posted, let's say, in favor of the gun ban, I mean, it wasn't even explicitly in favor because he probably also doesn't care, but his argument was basically, there are suffering people in the world, look at what's going on. Why are you complaining and posting about a gun ban? Who cares? Right. And so it's very much this sort of utilitarian argument or this altruistic argument of, well, no, even if this is bad, like other people have it worse. So why even complain? Right. And I mean, he he got unfollowed for that because it's just so blatantly ignorant and unprincipled. But I think that is the view people have and they just don't care. And 
it's interesting as well because guns, I mean, especially in the US, but generally they're kind of a symbol of freedom, right? This is what I should be allowed to do. I should be allowed to own this weapon of protection of self-defense and really take responsibility for myself in a full sense. And people just don't view life like that at the moment, right? Um, so it's hard for people to, for the average person to understand why this is important when it's really like uh, at the at the apex of freedom and they just don't think or care about freedom at all or personal responsibility either because the government will yeah. do things for us. And this brings it back to, you know, when you're actually in that situation, holy shit, we need to protect ourselves. Does anyone have a gun? People don't think that that would ever happen. We live in our little bubbles, right? No, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, they would definitely never use a gun themselves to go grab guns from, from their neighbors, right? Mm -hmm. They'd never be like, you know what, I'm a progressive, I have the right opinions in this neighborhood. And you shouldn't have a gun, I should only have a gun. And so I'm going to take that gun. So pew pew, give me that gun. You know, they, they would right. never do that, right? But You, you it, hope it, they'd it, never do that. I mean, know, and, Antifa and, and, and other people are getting closer <laughs> right. well, and closer. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but I personally feel kind of guilty or, or lesser because I buy my, my meat in a store, right? From other people who do the slaughtering and killing of the, those animals right. for me. Like I, I have a certain level of admiration for people that go out and harvest their own animals, whether it's hunters or farmers and go out there and actually do the killing themselves. Right. They, they are, they are like, I think it, it it's more ethical in a way because um, you, you want it, you care about a clean kill. You respect the, the work that's gone into this. You don't want to waste anything because you know how hard it is to bring this kill down. And like, there, there's just so many positive aspects to doing things yourself. Yet these people, you know, and, and this is what it comes down. And this is maybe the, the crux of the mindset of people who own guns versus people who don't. The people I know that own guns have a very deep sense of personal responsibility. Like mm -hmm. if they own them for personal protection, it's because they've imagined having to use them from a, someone breaking into their home or having to defend their family or living out on a farm. You know, my dad used a gun to shoot bears that were eating our dog dog food right on our porch that could have easily killed my brother and me uh, or that he you know he held it out there for people that were coming down the driveway in the middle of the night with their lights off with, who obviously had nefarious intent or used it to kill predators threatening livestock whatever um, the guys like that have either ha have have to consider their own self-defense and using these things themselves and consider how they're going to do it and the ramifications of that and how are they going to do it safely and how are they going to be careful? Like, cause you don't want to just go charging in with the gun. If you know, someone else has one or you, you don't want to force a confrontation. Like there's all sorts of things that gun owners think about that someone who's never had a gun and never had to think about defending themselves and never, you know, who has a, always lives within a few minutes of a police who's going to use guns for them. These people just never consider all the, the, the concrete ways and decisions that people who use these weapons have to make and why you want people uh, to, to have skin in the game when it comes to, to those things, because it, it adds another level of responsibility and respect. Two, two important things come to mind, neither of which I've ever thought of before, but it's interesting because you talk about how people who use guns really 
think a lot about it and have to think a lot about it. And people dismiss yes. that. And I think people dismiss that about criminals, right? Because right. there's this idea that, you know, criminality is, you know, because of poverty or it's because of some deterministic factor. And so, you know, again, the cliche is guns don't kill people, people kill people. But there's this idea that, oh, if only we banned guns, there'd be less crime, there'd be less criminals. And I mean, sure, you can make an argument that'd be less, potentially less deadly crimes, right? You couldn't have a mass shooting, shooting spree. But I don't think people really think actively about the, the responsibility of the criminal, that they're choosing to take these actions, that they're choosing to find a way to get these weapons, and that it's really, you have to think about, this is a person deciding to do this. So if someone really decides, I want to murder 20 people, there is a, I do think there's an argument to be made about how easy or not easy that should be to execute, right? right. Um, but that is someone deciding to murder people, right? Um, right. The other thing that's interesting, and I don't know how important it is, but it seems well, that Well, and David, I, I, I would yeah. just add that the easier it is for someone to kill someone, the more reason you have to have <laughs> some kind of proportionate way to defend yourself from right. those evildoers. Right, and that's where right? like the, the illegal people, the, the g criminals, um, they, if they want to, they can get illegal firearms still, right? The firearms exist. We are north of the States as well, so they're particularly available there. And whenever people give examples of countries where there's like, you know, less gun crime and there's, you know, stricter rules on guns, I don't think that's an honest investigation because you have to look at the culture there as well, right? And right. how people, yes. right? And so the idea that it's just the ban that changes things, yes. that's not true at all. And you can, no. there's many, there's lots of evidence to point to as to why banning something doesn't actually change the culture. Um, and then the second thing as to why people are potentially particularly dismissive of guns now is because let's say what's seen as one of the two main reasons for gun use is hunting and hunting as such is pretty strongly dismissed, especially on the left, right? There's this whole idea that we should leave nature untouched, yeah. be vegetarian, be vegan. And, you know, Alex Epstein often talks about how, yeah, they don't want human flourishing. They want a state of untouched nature. And so guns right. damage nature. What do you mean you want right. to kill a deer more humanely? Right. You right. shouldn't right. be killing yeah. and, deer. And, and you see this from the left, right, all the time. You know, leftists, by the way, that, that have no problem eating meat and will tell you, go to the grocery store and get your meat like a normal person. Don't go out, right? right. So, so the, again, it's this idea they have about hunters that go out that they're just like, they're bloodthirsty killers. They just, they get a hard on from, uh, from causing death right. or something like that. Right. And which couldn't be further from the truth. These are people that respect the kill that respect the meat and the harvest. And, and they, you know, they, they are doing something challenging, something that is innately biological when it's an interesting responsibility for themselves, but they are not bloodthirsty killers. At right. And it's an interesting double standard as well, because I mean, I, I, not often, but I have heard of the kind of, uh, I don't know, the, the idolization of the like uh, native culture and how they sure. hunt, but they respect nature, even though they kill animals. And like, there's this idea that it's so profound there. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but the ban doesn't apply to them or not all of the ban 
applies to them. Yeah, I, th- I think they, uh, yeah, I understand it doesn't apply to them, or at least they have amnesty. But then again, everyone has two years of amnesty. So, um, you know, I'm not sure how hopefully it uh, is reversed by then are different. But yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I was, <laughs> I was shooting a film once at a, on a reserve, and I was talking with this uh, First Nation elder, and I noticed he had a he had a rifle just leaning up against his wall in the kitchen. Um, I'm like, is that where your gun and always is? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you know, it's illegal to just have it out like that, right? You, you know, it's supposed to be locked up. He's like, really? He's like, but how would my neighbor be able to come and borrow it whenever he needed if I had it locked away? He just couldn't grab. And I'm right. like, that's a, that's a great point, actually. Like, I, that's the kind of community I want to live in where my, uh, not only do I not lock up my guns, I don't even lock my door because my neighbor might need to come and use my gun. Right. right? <laughs> and what, what would happen then? Uh, yeah, yeah, I just thought, thought that was interesting. That's the kind of society, high trust community I want to live in. But Yeah, me too. But so do you have any last points? I, I don't have much more to add. Like, I just think, to me, there's, this isn't new or worse. It's just right. par for the course, right? This is just more of the same BS. And it just happens to be like a, a catalytic issue, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, we could probably do another episode on the roots of violence. And, um, you know, like, how would we really address uh, the problem with violence and gun violence in society and that sort of thing? I think that's worth talking about. Um, but that's another episode, uh, I think. So, uh, you know, I think I've gotten off my chest what I need to get off my chest. Uh, I'm angry, you know, and, and maybe here's another thing. Like people often ask me, are, are surprised to learn I don't own guns. And yet I'm a very vociferous promoter of gun rights, let's say. Um, and I, I've often heard this from cannabis users as well, because, you know, I was involved in a landmark legal case that paved the way for legalization in Canada. You know, I, I appeared as an expert witness and I've done all this activist work in, in the cannabis community, yet I don't partake in cannabis. You know, obviously I've tried it, uh, but, you know, it's really not for me. And I, I don't care if I never have it again. Like, I don't care right. if, if it's never available to me. It just doesn't affect me personally. But yet, why do I do these things? And ultimately, it's because of the principles right. that undergird them. The, the principles for opposing, like these bans violate the principles that Western civilization was built on. Western civilization is built on ideas, on principles. Failure to recognize that and then failure to protect those ideas and principles will lead to ruin. Okay, it will lead to ruin. And so we need to guard these for things that we don't even do. And, and I see this all the time, and I would love it if cannabis <laughs> freedom activists and gun freedom activists could fight for each other, fight each other's battles, right? That's what we really need, because everyone's a libertarian when it comes to their own life. No one wants the government to infringe on the peaceful things they're doing. But my neighbor over there who's smoking the wacky tobacco and my neighbor over there who's got all these crazy looking military style guns, I mean, those people can't be trusted. I don't trust those people. So we're going to need government for them. No government for me, but government for thee. And until it's, it's we need government to, out of our lives, no matter what, even for people I disagree with or don't understand or can't wrap my head around. Until we get to that place, uh, we're never going to have the kind of freedom. So yeah, I, I want gunnies to... to to think about how they feel right now. And when it comes time to fight for uh, drug freedom or any of these other freedoms that you don't care about because you think it's all stupid and harmful or whatever to that individual, 
I need you to fight for those people. And I need, I need cannabis people right now and people who don't have guns and don't care about guns, but care about freedom to fight for it. Now think about the, something that you care about in your own life that you do and how this executive power can just be used to strip that away from you. They're, they're going to come for your freedom eventually. Okay. They're, they're going to come for your freedom. Eventually you need to fight it, fight them on every single front, even ones that don't affect you personally. Thanks, Tim. Thank you.